little froggy, but you know, we'll get through it. Yeah, we'll get like through like it. we got anything to say about this fucking team, anyways. It is the Nico and Chris Bears Post Game Wrap Up Podcast Show featuring Nico and Chris. I'm Nico and I'm Chris, and your Chicago Bears got a McDonald's straw shoved into their ass and sucked by Miles Garrett. Four and a half sacks for one person against Justin Fields in his NFL debut as a starter as the Chicago Bears fall 26 to 6. But don't let that final score fool you. It should have easily been 51 to 6. <laughs> don't, got, yeah. the, the Browns got what? 923 yards of total offense, I believe? Yeah, it is pretty much that. Um, uh, nine and a half sacks. Uh, they set an NFL record for total sacks in a game, or tied a record, rather. Crazy. Uh... Yep, that that was your final score, twenty sixty six, in the what turned out to be the much anticipated Justin Fields debut. And just like uh, anything else, coached by Matt Nagy, it was uh, underwhelming at best, as far as I could say. It was a soggy turd. It's pretty. The bad. entire game was wet underwear after you get out of a pool. <laughs> Make sure to follow us at NNC Bearscast on Twitter and on Instagram. And listen to the show on many places like iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and many more. Um, yep, so that was that was the Justin Fields debut, the game we all wanted to see. And the Browns did the thing that they had to do, which was spoil it. They ruined it for everybody. Because now what you've got is you've got people split on if Justin Fields should be the starter, which I don't think many Bears fans are clamoring for Andy Dalton or Nick Foles to start. I was sort of in the unpopular realm of thinking Nick Foles should have started today, to be honest. I'm not sure it would have changed anything, but you don't send a rookie out there like that with this O-line to get absolutely hammered. Right. The O-line really hasn't been very good all season, and we already know it's got many problems because, of course, the Bears' general manager doesn't know how to run a football team, so... He cut guys and gave Jimmy Graham $8 jillion so he can't catch any passes because there's no offensive line to protect the quarterback to throw passes. Right. So, yes, a, you know. A GM who can't generally manage and a coach who can't coach. A head coach who just does not really seem to be interested in head coaching right now. It just really seems he's only in this to make sure that his offense runs properly. And guess what? Unfortunately, got it does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Badly. We've got six more weeks of this because he's not going to turn plays over until until he has to again, which was the last time he did it was at the bye week. The Bears don't have a bye week till game 10. So, um, get used to this for a while. Until Justin Fields like breaks his neck on his like 30th straight sack taken, unfortunately. And then Mac Nagy's just going to be like, well, he's like, there's just things that are out there that that's not who we are yet. You know, and we're practicing those things. And when we're practicing, you'll see them on the field because they've been practicing for four years. This Bears offense. Yeah, he's so big on this isn't who we are as a team. Yeah, this is not our identity. Yeah. Nobody knows what this Bears team identity is because they're so inept at so many things on the offense. That's the problem. The problem is, too, now is that, you know, when they went 12 and 4 in 2018. All anybody could expect is for the offense to get better because it looked like they were finally, you know, maybe not figured it out, but they looked like they were better at scoring. When you really peel back the layers on that onion, though, it's also the fact that their defense was so out of this world good that they got great field position left and right. They didn't have to get a lot of yards to make plays. And not to mention, I think the defense scored like five touchdowns for them on turnovers. So in the defense's defense... They were brilliant, uh, brilliant rather in the first half of the game. Oh, they played. A good uh, they game came up. It, it was sack for sack for a while. At, at a one point, they were tied three to three. Half, yeah, 
Yeah, problem- Baker Mayfield had gone down just as many times as Justin Fields, yeah. but... I believe what you're about to say about the problem is how exhausted they get right well, when no, you're I, carrying the team because it was a one score game yeah up until late in the third quarter you know before I got actually that actually that second touchdown that scored right at the beginning of the fourth quarter yeah but that um, was it before I got here I was listening to the radio and they were talking about how Nick Chubb in particular the running back for the Browns he his um numbers in the fourth quarter are insane like I think it's like he averages like four and a half yards a carry for most of the game. But in the, the fourth quarter, especially the way the Browns run this offense, which is more uh, balanced, and especially they try to go a little more run heavy, um, Nick Chubb averages 10 yards a carry uh, in the fourth quarter, which is insanity. Like, it's insane numbers. But just like Chris was saying, the thing is, is that when your defense has to tackle these guys left and right, left and right, and Chubb's up. Big dude, right? And your offense is not on the field long, and your defense is spending all day working. That by the fourth quarter, you've got tired defensive players. You know what I mean? No matter how young you are, getting hit four hundred times, you know, it doesn't help. And you've got to run, and you've got to do this, and you know, there's just no, no matter how great of a physical specimen you are, you just can't withhold that, withstand that kind of workload. It just doesn't, it just doesn't help you. Right. Uh, I guess I'll say the game was very slim on penalties. Yeah, there was the one defensive pass interference that worked in the Bears' favor, which was the few times that that Justin Fields got to boot or run a naked, and it looked okay because he he wasn't beholden on staying in the pocket. And I think that's another problem. Is just like, you know, call the game that you have in front of you, and like Matt Nagy just refuses to adjust. He really sticks. And then, we saw an entire drive that got extended by a penalty. It was the exact same play six times in a row. Is bad. They went double three and out. Yeah, it just. Yeah, there's just no look. The just problem that, is that too, very tiny straight or slant bootleg to the left. It's right, every play. The problem is too is that just not only is it that the offense doesn't work, it's just that there's no talent on the offense, and every time they try to address something in the off season. Which is the only, you know, and this is football. It's not like baseball. You know, baseball, you can change some things around and maybe get a turnaround. But, like, in football, you're kind of stuck with the 53 you got. You could cut a guy here and there, but you can't really cut anybody significant, not from the starting 22. Right, unless they get hurt. Unless they get hurt. And, I mean, even then, it takes a lot to turn one to, you know, to turn a whole team around to bring in one or two guys. You know what I mean? You can get better. But I don't think a team has ever really changed that much to where they won a Super Bowl halfway through the season. That, but also, I suppose it doesn't really matter how talented you are or you think you are. When every play, the receiver has to turn around and wait a full second or two even for the right. ball to come right to him. And I don't. Get and that's, how that's every schemed. play Nagy calls. Yeah, I don't get why that's a schemed in the why that is schemed within the offense for all these wideouts to have to do that because, I mean, someone who's smarter at football will I will have to find them out and have them explain to me why that happens, but you watch other teams stretch the field out and you see what their quarterbacks can do. I mean, you know, I hate to give Aaron Rodgers credit, but like he's had a bad offensive line for fifteen years, however long he's been the starter. Right. Why is there why why can he consistently besides getting calls, taking the calls out of it, how can he consistently still find open receivers down the field and make something work? You know what is he that is he such a great quarterback that he can overcome the other ten guys not doing their job properly? Because I just don't believe that that's the case. I I think a tiny part of it is he just he has a brain that is wired for football to where he knows 
a play isn't going to work right off the bat. Whereas what we saw with Justin Fields today, he knows the play's not going to work in his heart. He has to know it's not going to work because fucking Matt Nagy designed it. <laughs> and he has two eyes that work. But when you run it, his only option out there is to run it as it was designed. So if it's a shitty wait oh, for a guy to run six yards and turn around and get the pat swatted away, that's the play he's running. Yeah, there's no... Arm- I, just, I think the thing with Rodgers is that he'll abandon that immediately. Right. There- it's the same thing with a guy like Peyton Manning. Like, if he saw that uh, the defense had figured out the scheme, he'll call the audible right away. You, here's the problem. You don't even need an audible. You could tell on the bench that your offense isn't working, and yet you still call the same plays. That's... I just, there's only so many different ways to phrase it, but the bottom line is Nagy is one of the worst coaches I've ever seen in my entire life. And we suffered through Mark Tressman. It's pretty bad. Again, uh, you brought up the Clawson game, and this was exactly like Oh, yeah, that. and that was John Fox, of all things. You know, This was as bad as that Jimmy Clawson game where they went 0 for, for the whole game. They had a 3 and out every drive. And I'm not going to lie, I completely forgot about Mr. Ocelot himself, John Fox. And we did so many good impressions of him over the years. <laughs> hey, guys, it really worked out in practice. I just, I'm really not sure. Uh, I'm on my 11th pack of Marlboros for the day. But... Yeah, uh, I thought it would be a good idea to let our field goal unit try to block a kick, which they haven't done all year. Uh, I thought that was the way to go. <laughs> all right. See, at least with that... He's just the Crypt Keeper now. I know. <laughs> Good evening, boys and goos. <laughs> at least with shitty quotes like that, we could be really angry about it. But now we're kind of hitting this, like, depressing kind of feeling of just like, well, there goes Nagy calling them plays that don't work again. That's exa- I This team is my midlife crisis. I'm turning 40 in March of 2022, and I've yet to see a good Bears coach in my life. Yeah, no. I mean, Lovey no, got no, the job Lovie, done. No, Lovey, Lovey was Lovey is probably for us. I mean, we're a few years apart, but Lovey is probably the best coach that we, you and I have probably seen side, on the sideline for the Bears. I mean, his worst season was his first. That was it. He never lost. He never lost that many games again. And he got fired on ten and six. Ten and six. Yeah. And After winning the last game of the season, mm-hmm. that that was the year Green Bay tanked though to get the Vikings in. Yes, yeah, so they wouldn't have to face the Bears, or maybe not the Bears, but they yeah they wouldn't have to get the Bears in the playoffs. Yeah, no. Uh, I was at that game. Yeah, that's right. It was the Lions. Yeah, it was uh, my first live NFL experience, 2012. I um, I don't the have D12 Lions. I don't have cable, but uh, like I get really crappy um digital antennas. Uh, service sometimes, so it's hard for me to watch the game where I live. So I was listening to the game on the on my on my computer and playing Castlevania while listening to that game. And the whole time, I just kept throwing my controls. Like, God damn it, can they score a fucking touchdown here? <laughs> and the funny thing is, is they were up, and then they were blowing it, and then they were up again, and they were blowing it. Yeah, it was uh, twenty six to ten at halftime, and then yeah. <laughs> yes. It's such a good lead. This we talked about this while we were watching the game. Actually, my big issue with Lovey Smith was always he would get out and get out good, and his defenses were always amazing. He would always let the other team back in. Yeah, he would play a vanilla defense once they had the lead, mm-hmm. and then he would just kind of like will the players to like, eh, just get a turnover. He almost kind of like drawing it up, like okay, and then you'll just get a turnover. And usually it yeah. worked. Those his Bears defenses did. Did create a lot of turnovers. I think at one point they were averaging 35 turnovers a year for a defense, which even in today's NFL seems way too much. Like I don't think most teams get that many turnovers in a year. I no, have to look at the numbers, but it just seemed like even a, a team in today's NFL that gets one turnover a game would be considered a phenom. I, I know. Uh, so it'd be I, 17. I mean, last week, 
you know, Roquan with the with the pick six. I mean, that was such a big deal. Um, and which again, the defense was the only. I'm not going to say bright spot because it wasn't bright at all, but the only faint glimmer of hope. That's the thing is, is this defense is doing everything it can to keep the offense alive, and the offense all it's doing is getting three and outs, and then just like, all right, do it again. And I think that's another thing where Lovey relied on his defense too much. Matt Nagy is basically just like, all right, we'll be back in a few plays because the defense will stop him. But you know, you said it during the game. What did Cleveland have to be scared of giving the offense the ball back besides nothing? No, nothing, nothing at all. Why? Why should they care? Like, it seemed like every play was a sack. Like the first few, because remember the first few drives, they went for it on fourth down. But then after a while, after getting all those sacks more and more and more, after when they started punting the ball, I was like, yeah, why the hell shouldn't they punt the ball? Right. What, what's Justin Fields going to do? And I don't mean this as a knock on Justin Fields, but yeah, he did not play good. But neither did the entire Bears offense. They all played bad. They should be ashamed of themselves for fucking, you know, getting the checks this week because that was terrible. That was bad. I thought the Rams game was bad offense, but this was bad. And the thing is, too, is that, I mean, no offense. There's there's, no, there's nothing. Um, I'm not trying to take away from what the Browns did. The Browns did what they had to do, and that was embarrass the Bears. Right. They knew and that they knew that's all they had. Javion Clowney got his first sack this year. And then right? his second. And then his second. You know when the last time he had two sacks ever was three seasons ago? He hasn't. He, he didn't get a sack for the Seahawks. He didn't get one for the Titans. He hasn't got a sack in almost three seasons, and he got two today against the Bears. You know what I mean? Miles Garrett is already a sack machine. I said it last week when I recorded the episode by myself. You know, enjoy this one while you can, but guess what? This Browns team is loaded with talent. Whether they're good or not is not the point. They have a lot of good talent and a lot of skill positions. The Bears have a lot of talent and a lot of good skill positions. They're not good at coaching it. I I hate to generalize. It's a Uh, mirror. They're both a mirror of each other. The Browns look like they were prepared to play football. And there we go again. And, I mean, I I hate to – just nobody on the Bears, they didn't come to play. I hate to sound like a fucking middle school coach, but (laughs) – I just don't think that there's a – that there's a, I mean, there's no quick solution to this except for fire Matt Nagy, which, I mean, you know, the Bears this have historically... Won't do it. Not during the season. Yeah, the Bears have historically never fired a coach in season. That's why they didn't fire Mark Trestman. He got to coach all 16. Thank God for that. Here's another thing. I know I brought it up during the game, and then you confirmed it. These special teams guys are slow as fuck. So bad our special teams is terrible, except for Cairo Santos and Pat O'Donnell. <laughs> Pat O'Donnell had the ball in the air for almost seven seconds at one point, and everybody going after the ball was still a solid 15, 20 yards away I from know. the catcher. It's it's, it's uh, the, the uh, special teams is bad. You realize how great of a weapon Cordero Patterson was the last two seasons on kickoffs? Like... How good he was, and not not just kickoffs. He also ran with the 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 the, the punt unit too, and yeah. tackles. So you know, and the guy's a freaking gazelle for God's sakes. But I mean, every you saw it in Cleveland. You saw it. It's almost an afterthought when you watch NFL football. Somebody's there on the ball. That's why they call for a fair catch so much. Every Cleveland kick returner had days yeah, to had try five, to run the ball. Five back. good yards without having to worry about any contact. Ten. Yeah, at least I, I, there was never a Bears player within, and they were getting blocked right off the bat. Anyways, yeah, I mean, it just there's a lot on this team, this roster construction. I'd say they're not so special teams. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> don't don't say it. Don't say it. It's, all, it, it's crap. It's crap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, they fucking suck. Yeah, no, they they're bad. They're one and two. But Matt Nagy, I know you're listening. They play the Lions. Your team next sucks. Week, who are I, probably going to beat them? Have we seen? They that? were up by one. They were up by one point against the uh, the Ravens. I don't know what the final is on that score. I'm gonna pull it up right now. But yeah, they play the Lions next week, and okay, I don't have any. I don't have any internet right now. Oh, there. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I, mean, I I wouldn't put it past Detroit to sneak one in on them. Detroit cut my internet, so I can't tell what the score is. Ah, the Ravens yeah. pulled it out, 1917. But you know, the Lions play the Bears next week, and uh, you kind of wonder if that's going to be how how close that game's going to be. That's in Chicago too. Um, you kind of wonder how close that game's going to be because the Lions are a team purposefully on a rebuild. You know, they trade away Matt Stafford, all those picks. They have Jared Goff. They have that big, dumb idiot who's their coach, whose name is, I think his name's Dan Campbell. Um, <laughs> Rex Dickhead. Yeah, who keeps talking about eating people's kneecaps. I, I, it's so weird. Um, yeah, I don't like the Lions, but, I, I mean, I I don't like the Lions' chances, but at the same time, like, what's the score of that game going to be? 17 to 13? You know? That's what I that, like. This is what I don't understand. It's like Bill Lazor called plays last year for the Bears, and he only did it for six games. And the Bears scored like a hundred. I think I remember reading like one hundred and thirty points in six games. And with Nagy as the play caller for ten games, they only scored one hundred and fifty some odd points. So well, fuck. What have they scored on the season so far? Week one and week three, a combined twelve points. Yeah. Well, did they did they get a touchdown week one? I could have swore. Yeah, David yeah, Montgomery got a touchdown. 14 was the... Yeah, 14 was the final score. And then last week, I think they got... I think it was 17. Although, I'm just kind of talking out of turn here. It's not a lot. That was the point I was trying to make. Their, their offense is just not very good. They're just... that That's the problem. Is just like you keep watching this offense over and over again. And they're just so... They're just so poor. You know, my thing last week was you put Fields in, you give the Bears a different identity, maybe you change some things up, but it, they're really not they're really not concerned with that 40 whole points for the season. 14, 20, and 6. And really, you gotta take six away last week because it was a defensive touchdown. So that's 34 points scored in four weeks. Or three weeks, sorry. So that's just a little bit better than what is that? That's uh, 11 points a game? Yeah, 11, 11 and a half points a game, something like that. Allow me to get all uh, metaphorical on that ass <clears throat> since you brought up Justin Fields changing the identity. Justin Fields could be the best-made engine of all time, but if Nagy's driving the car, he still drives like shit. I, I think you're right. I just don't think... I think we're kind of past the whole Matt Nagy experiment as offensive guru, offensive genius, because... But I think so much of the city's going to blame Fields for this, though. Oh, I'm sure some people... Because he threw some of the shittiest passes I've ever seen in my life today. But he's running for his life for 95% of those throws, too. I mean, exactly. And in between getting sacked, he's just kind of whipping the ball in the double coverage. This is what I'm, I'm shocked he didn't get picked off on almost every single play, to be honest. This was the thing I never liked about the Jay Cutler, um, the Jay Cutler criticism. Now, don't get me wrong. Jay could just throw a ball anywhere and not give a fuck. But there were times where people were really mad at him when it was clear that he couldn't, he, he couldn't stand up straight because he was getting his head destroyed. You know what I mean? Right. You know, they're, they're, he's getting, you know, beat up left and right. You know, what's a guy to do? You know, except for just be like... Well, I think the reason people didn't like Jay Cutler is that he didn't put up with it. 
Right. He, he, and, would, it, he would go out there and physically be like, okay, you're going to get me fucked over. I'm not going to play ball for you. I mean, I remember I remember in particularly two different games. One, there was a guy who played for the Bears named Jamarcus Webb who was playing left tackle, and he was getting beaten all game long. He was basically just a revolving door. I, and um, at one point, Jay walked up to him on the sidelines and stood in front of him like an offensive lineman would and literally just put his hands on his chest and went like and you could read his lips he said like that that's how you do it like basically telling him that's how you block on offensive line so I don't lose my neck this fucking weekend and then um, if you remember Gabe Karimi the Hebrew hammer yep yeah he got he was getting torched left and right against the Saints one day and Jay just kind of looked up at him after he got sacked and just slammed the ball down on the ground and I just remember so many Bears fans like yeah he doesn't have respect for the game it's like he just got sacked for the third fucking time. And, like, you know, in a row. Like, what do you want him to do? He's frustrated. His best receiver right now catching balls is some guy named Dane Sanzenbacker. <laughs> I mean, That's on. the made-up name of a villain in a ski it, movie, It is folks. a made-up name. It doesn't exist. He's a fake person. <clears throat> this is a non-football player. <laughs> But yeah, in, in relation to that, it will be interesting to see how Justin Fields backs up or reacts to nine sacks in one game. I just kind of wonder, you know, even if, you know, here's the thing, too. Okay, the Bears get rid of uh, Matt Nagy. Let's say, let's say we're at week 17. We're in January. Bears fire Matt Nagy the day after the last game along with Ryan Pace. Who do you think they're going to hire? And I don't mean to name a name, but look at the Bears' history. Like, who do you really think they're going to put their heads together and fucking hire? Because i got to be honest with you. This this organization at the top has not had the greatest track record. Like we said, was Lovey Smith the best coach of the last 20 years? Yeah, but you kind of lucked into that. You know what I mean? The only reason Lovey Smith was hired, if you don't remember, Jerry Angelo wanted Nick Saban to be the coach. And he was almost hired, but Nick Saban wanted full personnel, player personnel. And Jerry Angel's like, absolutely not. You're the head coach. And not to mention, you're a college football coach, so you're not getting player personnel. That's why Nick Saban went to the Dolphins. Lovey Smith was the next guy up. That was it. Not like Lovey Smith was the top guy. That's why Lovey Smith got hired, because Nick Saban said no. Because when that you know, because the bad luck is we would have had Nick Saban for like thirty games and he would have quit when saying, Oh, I'm not gonna quit on the Bears and right. then go run and, you know, coach Alabama. Or if, you know, he was dumb enough, coach like Tulane or something. TCU. <laughs> DeVry. I don't know. You know. One of them losing universities. One of them losing universities. <laughs> that, again, it wasn't just because, like, <clears throat> Lovey Smith was the number one candidate out there. Nick Saban was the hot coaching candidate that season. <clears throat> That's why the Bears ended up hiring Lovey Smith. Because Nick Saban didn't want to didn't basically take orders from somebody who isn't Nick Saban. Nick Saban, which is how he's always been. Yeah, Nick Saban only listens to one guy, and that's Nick Saban. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Shut up. <laughs> be honest, I, I couldn't even tell you who's out there as a potential hire. The if only they got guy rid I can think Matt of. Nagy. There's two guys right now who I can think of that I think I won't say he's perfect, but I think might be a good candidate for the job. There's Brian Dable, who's the coordinator for the Bills right now. And he's done some really good stuff with Josh Allen. What also helps your offense look good is when your team trades Stephon Diggs for you. You know, you get a number one receiver like that. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of helps a lot. makes you look like a fucking genius. Um, I also always have liked the coordinator from the Ravens, 
who I think his name is Roman Madrowski, um, who, yes, he, his quarterback is uh, Lamar Jackson, but look at what he's done with uh, look at what he's done with him. I mean, he's made an offense that works within. Everybody knows that uh, that Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson's, Lamar Jackson's. That'll be me later. Yeah, skill set. Lamar Jackson's skill set as a quarterback shouldn't work, but he has an offensive coordinator and a pretty good, um, a pretty good organization who drafts well for him, who finds players that work well with him. Uh, let me posit this: Do you consider promoting Bill Lazor by chance to head coach? Yeah. Um, Finding a new OC? No, I don't think. I don't like that idea. Um, it it kind of works in baseball, but oh, Greg Roman, boy, I was way off on the name. I got the Roman part right. Who the fuck is Roman Madrowski? Uh, World War II veteran Roman Madrowski. I think. Oh, he was uh, stationed with BJ Blazkowicz during the raid on Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah, he's in his. He didn't make it, but that's why I remember that name. Rest in peace. Yeah, R.I.P. Roman Madrowski. Greg Roman is the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, No, I don't like that move. I think. You should just start because here's the thing: if you fire Pace too, you have to, and you keep Bill Lazor. Let's say, which is what they're not going to fire Pace. That's my worry too: is that they fire Nagy and give Pace yet another chance to hire a guy, and and they're going to for whatever reason. I understand, you know, in the scheme of things, Ryan Pace is a young guy, but to the Bears, he's under ninety, so he's he's the youth, the future. (laughs) He gets it. He knows. He likes these. He knows, yeah, he's, he, he knows the TikToks. He, 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 he thinks, did the he did the Fortnite dance at a meeting one time. He ah, knows. Wouldn't it be funny if that's the reason? Over there, because yes. he's just like fun to hang out with. He was the only guy who showed up to the interview without Jardinier stains all over his T-shirt. So, to answer your question, no, though I don't think even if they fire Nagy and promote Bill Lazor as the head coach, I don't think they keep Bill Lazor afterwards. You know what I mean? I think you let him go, you start off fresh with somebody else. That's just my personal. I don't really like that. It happens in baseball from time to time. In basketball, that happens too. But I think you really have to have already a good team that's talented enough. You don't want him to go. You don't want Bill Lazor to also go like 5-11 and 11 the rest of the season. Or something right, like right. And they're like, oh, he's coming back next year. It's like, why? <laughs> you know? So I, I personally, I no. Don't I meant as you interview and then hire him. I mean, you could hire. No, inter- it's not going to be a midseason thing. We know no, that. it won't be a midseason thing. If you want to interview Bill Lazor, sure. If he's worth an interview to you, absolutely. I mean, they quote unquote interviewed Vic Fangio. So you know, before they hired Matt Nagy, you kind of look back now and you're like, damn. What if they just hired Vic instead, and Vic hired someone to be offensive coordinator, or? Ryan Ryan Pace is like I will hire you an offensive coordinator, and then we can work on this thing. And because Vic, that's the reason why Vic took the Denver Broncos job. Everybody knows that when he got hired, John Elway told him he said I have to hire your offensive coordinator, which is going to be Gary Kubiak at the time. And mm-hmm. Vic's like, yeah, as long as I get to be the head coach of a team, I don't. Care. That's all he ever wanted. That's all he wanted. So, which I mean, we see how that's played out. So, yeah, but I mean that that Denver team. But I also I, I I don't think Vic Fangio 
Uh, aside from having to be a head coach, I don't think he's the kind of egotistical maniac that's like, these are the plays we have to run. Right. And no. I'm going to be the one calling the plays, and that's that. Well, he calls it He defense, seems a lot more interested but, in winning football games. Right, and I think that's fair. I think that's a fair point. I, I You kind of look back now, like, what if they hire Fangio and, you know, also... What if, what if you know, Ryan Pace got his first wish and hired Todd Bowles, and it kind of worked out? What if we're like, you know, what if, let's say, Todd Bowles stays on an extra year? You miss out on Nagy, but then you get maybe the next hot coach. There's a mm-hmm. lot of what ifs that come along with this. You know what I mean? Remember, originally, this team was supposed to be New Orleans in the north. That was Ryan Pace's concept from day one. And it was going to start with the offense. And, I mean, if you look at the players they've drafted up to that point, up to 2017, especially on offense, you look at guys like Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, um, well, wide receivers, not so much. They're, they're, they're guys who... Yeah, their they're wideout drafting has been... That's my big worry coming up in the next season because Allen Robinson, I think, could be tagged one more time. and He'll sit out. He can, I would. but it costs a lot of money to sit out for a veteran. $50,000 a day. Is the number so well? We'll be starting to go fund me yeah, here at the Nico say, and Chris we'll, Bears post game we'll wrap up featuring Nico day. and Chris. We'll pay for one day. We'll wait for one day, Alan, and then we look at the numbers. We could pay for thirty five minutes of you holding out. That's all we could do. <laughs> Besides that, you got to go back to practice. We raised seventy eight dollars. <laughs> I can, Three of which GoFundMe is keeping. <laughs> I don't think we can even give you the seventy-five because it costs us more money to market the GoFundMe than it's fight. Yeah. Oh shit! Already. The Raiders Dolphins fist fight. Uh, the Raiders always fighting. One of the refs got cocked. Oh, that's they, awesome. They threw the flag immediately. Anyway, um, but yeah, well, um, there's a lot of things that they. they I mean, we can all we can all say things that you know. I just, you know how bad it sucks that we have to play the what-if game? That, that, that's the thing. On a show, because there was so little to talk about in that fucking game. Oh, there it is, yep. Uh, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. I mean, what more? I mean, if you saw the game, you saw Justin Fields get beat up, get not just sacked, just got his ass whooped, and then... Yeah, he got Bears destroyed. Bad. I feel bad for the guy. David I, Montgomery didn't get a chance to run the ball. Once they figured out they were going to run the ball with David <clears> Montgomery, they, they basically muted him the rest of the game. And then you saw... Oh, that's how one note that was. They they had no other scheme besides go up the middle with David Montgomery for the run game. And if you got... And they abandoned it almost immediately. If you have a way to find Twitter or anything, try to look up Nick Foles basically talking to Andy Dalton on the sidelines because he got caught on camera basically saying the offense doesn't work. So again, Nick Foles knows and sees and is on the team knowing that the offense doesn't work. And I guarantee someone's going to say that and see that and be like, I don't know what he's talking about. Like someone on the somebody from the office. Unless he's just trying to get cut. Like yeah. he's just doing his day. It won't be anybody on the team because I think it's yeah. plain as day that he's right. Remember that shrug Justin Fields gave towards the end of the game? Yeah. The incomplete to Alan Robinson. He just kind of went, all right. Like even he knows it's not working. Yeah, he's like, I guess I'm on the Bears now. That was right. kind of a. Yeah, you hope that you hope that that isn't the case because you know I see the talent in him. He's got a great arm. He's got. You know what I'm reminded you know, of that, that onion book right over there on the shelf. The the ecstasy the of defeat. The one that we talk about all the time. On yes, show? it was. Uh, you they get the best ideas from it. They did a, a Lions low light thing after they went on sixteen that one year safety. And uh, sorry, no uh, Raiders just got a safety on Miami. It's fun. 
I think safeties are fun. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> one of them. Uh, one of the bullet points they were talking about with the Lions was uh, even though he was widely expected to get drafted first by the 0-16 Lions, it didn't stop Matthew Stafford from saying "goddamn motherfucker" his entire way up to the podium. <laughs> I, I wonder if Fields feels that way right now. <laughs> uh, remember, people were saying that when he did get drafted. Like, look at his face. He doesn't want to be in Chicago. It's like, well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Can you, like, I wonder if there's footage of him going, I got to play for fucking Matt Nagy. God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> Can't the Bengals, couldn't the Bengals just draft me? I don't care. <laughs> and they, they already got a quarterback. Who else needed a quarterback? No, Jags got Lawrence. And the Jets got Wilson. Who stunk out loud today, I believe, Trevor Lawrence. He's bad. He's he not threw good. a pick six, and they cut. They remember they cut Tim Tebow, so it's like that. That's Tebow's wrath against Urban Meyer right was now. That tight end Tebow. They got rid yeah, of tight tight end Tim Tebow, who I called over so many T's ago, and someone's just like, "That's not nice. He's not that bad." Was it Danny? No, it wasn't. It was just some rando on uh, on, on Reddit. He's a good guy. I'm thinking a lot of. He fights. does the right things. I'm thinking yeah. a lot of fights with sports fans. He's a Kasich voter. So, <laughs> yesterday the St. Louis Cardinals won their 15th game in a row, which is the first time in franchise history. So I went right to the MLB page on Reddit. I was like, "Oh, great! Now they'll never let you hear the end about it." <laughs> like, uh, hey, we're such a great organization. We won 15 games in a row. Hmm, we're, we're the St. Louis Cardinals. You <laughs> follow that account on Twitter. It's a uh, the best, best fans. fans. Yes. Best, it's the greatest Twitter page of all time. It's just all the card Especially fans being super racist. Fan. Yeah, all the racist. And don't get me wrong. I know there's racist Cubs fans. Trust me. But we know for a fact that St. Louis is racist. It's just it's just in their blood. Calling Jack Flaherty like the worst. Like, like Every epithet you can imagine is on this page. Because he, he kneeled and like put, gave money to BLM. Last year for every strikeout, it's like it's like get that pussy shit off our team, man. <laughs> oh man, uh, they're very much Cardinals fans are in line with Packers fans to me, where they, they do things the right way. And I'm making the quotey fingers; you can't see because we don't tape the show. I'm rolling my eyes but, backwards because I've heard that for so many times from Cardinals fans. Like we play baseball the way baseball is meant to be played. I've heard that a million times. Yeah, we we just know how to put a team together. We have a great organization. What do you mean? You go out there and you hit the fucking ball and you run around some bases. My 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 favorite part is pointing out. I was like, yeah, you know, like everyone loved because the Yadier Molino thing. Everyone likes to say, well, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I was like, yeah, how many playoff, you know, how many playoff series has he won without Albert Pujols in the lineup? Like, oh, it's zero. <laughs> everyone's like, that's not what we're talking about. I was like, if he's a Hall of Famer, he should be able to lift everybody around him. You know what I mean? Right, but. they're very much in line with like Yankees or Red Sox fans, where they just they expect to win everything every single year, and they're and anything are the less. Best guys at what they do best. Yes, Yadier Molina is the best catcher because he catches for the Cardinals. If he played for the Mariners, Yadier Molina would just be a guy who played for the Mariners in their eyes. They'd consider him a thug or a shitster. Probably, yeah. Look at those tattoos. You should be more respectful. Yeah, you can't disrespect the game having a name on the back of your jersey like that. Is his hair blonde? That's for white people. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, anyway, f- fuck the St. Louis Cardinals, fuck the Green Bay Packers, always, and right now, fuck Mac Nagy, and fuck the Bears for making me watch that game. But you know what, man? Fuck you, you're cool. <laughs> I'm out. No, uh, let's next week, real quick. They got the Lions. Got the Lions. <laughs> uh, fuck, they're probably gonna win by one score, and I think it's gonna be pretty low. I'm gonna say twenty-four to nineteen. That's I thought nineteen as well, so I won't I won't pick the same thing. I'm gonna go twenty one seventeen. It's gonna be a really shitty touchdowny kind of game, but 
I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I want to pick the bear. I will pick the Bears, but I don't have a lot of conviction in that choice. I just still think the Lions are just still bad enough because they got rid of everybody. They don't have anybody there anymore. Um, right. It's, so. it's Jared Goff and 52 people you don't recognize. Right, exactly. So it's kind of like all the years with Matt Stafford and uh, Megatron and 51 guys you don't recognize. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's Indomitian Sue and all them guys, but whatever. Who cares? Those guys don't count. They're it's, on it's fucking Detroit. Who fucking cares? Yeah, who really cares? If you buy a Detroit, Fuck, I mean, can we even title the episode "Who fucking cares"? Because right now, I'm just I'm not excited to watch the game next weekend. Oh, neither am I. I I'm hate really, to say it. I'm, I'm actually going to probably miss it because I'll be in India. Like you said, you're fifty fifty on showing up. Yeah, yeah, I saw so, uh, T might be co-hosting the show next week, there so you, you get a lot of shazamming. <laughs> yeah, so that that might be fun for you guys. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if I'm not here, I mean, you know. Uh, at least you'll know that I'll be here in spirit, not missing and the not game. suffering through another yeah, fucking exactly. dismal Bears experience. Probably just be driving in a car, going like, "Hmm, yeah, not a lot to look at here on I sixty five, but it's better than watching the Bears right now play <laughs> offense." Uh, all right, well, for that, that was the Nico and Chris Bears post game wrap up podcast show featuring Nico and Chris. That was Nico. And that was Chris. Make sure to uh, follow the show on NNC Bears Cast on Instagram and on Twitter and listen to the show on all your favorite podcast places where you can find them. Uh, Chris, bear down. Nico, bear down. Bear down. He's right. More like beer down, am I right? Yeah, that's more like it. All right, next week. This one's brought to you by Coors Light. It's the coolest. <laughs> <laughs>